This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Dr. Carl Bamlett, The Modern Caveman, a show that helps you to reshape your modern life using wisdom from the past. Welcome to The Modern Caveman. This week, we are going to be talking about nutrition and several different aspects that that's going to have an effect and talk about several studies that have come out in the last uh, year or so that have been really interesting and give us some really key insights as to what's actually happening with some of the supplements we take and what are maybe some of the the better macro um, nutrient blends that we can find to help our body function at its best with all the trends that are out there right now. So stick around and listen in to hear what we have to say. Welcome back to Seven from Southern Spices Restaurant, located on the Sockburn Roundabout. Seven, how are you doing today? Very good, guys. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us back some great dishes. We'll see if Cuz can uh, uh, keep well, his I'm hand gonna, out I'm of his try, mouth. I'm going to try one of these. Um, is it a roti? It's a Kerala parota. It's otherwise known as lacha parota. Right. And so uh, this one's a gluten dairy free. No, this, this one one's... is more of like with gluten. So this. Um, this will be like a, a very soft bread made with um, uh, the plain flour. Yes. But it, will, it looks and tastes entirely different from the naan because it's cooked on a griddle and a lot of cooking skills needed to make this dish. So mm -hmm. that's one of the things you can see, you know, uh, it looks with so many layers. Yeah, it's very, um, it's almost like a flaky pastry to look at, you know? Yes, yes, yeah. it's something like that. You know, you can't make it something like that uh, when you compare it with a naan. Uh, it takes uh, a while to cook and uh, um, when you when you make the dough, it has to sit for a while. Then there are different stages where you, you know, you, you do and keep it and wait to make this bread. Nice. Thank what you. do I have here, Seven? Sorry? What do I have here? What is this that it's on? Oh, this is, um, this is what we call uh, kuttu parota. So this is something like the same bread, Kerala parota, chopped up, stir-fried with curry. So we do have a choice of vegetarian, egg, chicken, beef, and a mix of everything. So today you're going to taste the mixed kuttu parota. Okay. Mmm. We've got so many different flavors of the different things we've tasted over the past few few recordings um, and there's you get you, you the, the bit of spice in some of it you get the the real mild and other aspect of it and you got a, a, the, the egg hoppers they're they're my all-time favorite so and, and you just have so many different flavors it's all just popping off that plate too so thank uh, you very much for that yeah the reason behind that is um, we do everything from scratch like I told you before mm -hmm. uh, each and every curry has got a different recipe uh, we don't cook a mother sauce and keep it so you know all the dishes when we cook it looks different it tastes different because everything has got a different um, a different uh, curry base so that's one of the secret you know the curry uh, is entirely different the dishes taste different mm -hmm. and every time you taste something new you feel like you know oh this is going to be my favorite mm -hmm. and the secret that i'm going to share with a few of our listeners to give them a little bit of insight as to what they got to order up the menu there's a there's a secret pickle on that menu that oftentimes i, I ask for that you sometimes make at your own place sometimes you get other places but it's a, it's a hidden gem for anyone on out there listening 
Head out to Seven, get the great food, get the great condiments with it, and get just a great meal. Yeah, most of the time when you know the guests come, uh, our menu is entirely different, so they are a bit confused to order what to, you know. So we always help them, and uh, the good thing what I feel, every time we uh, we um, recommend something, people appreciate that, mm. and for some reason, uh, I don't know, uh, touch wood, this is happening always when I recommend someone. People like that dish, and um, um, when they come, they really want to order the same thing. But we we tell them, hey, um, try something else. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> mix it up a bit. Yes, yeah. yes. And every time, you know, people they don't want to change the meal, but we force them. Like you know, you don't. Not sorry, we don't force, but we we tell them. Encourage. Hey, eh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We encourage and. And once they taste something different, they say, "Oh, this is going to be my favorite," and which makes me like, you know, very proud. And yeah, what well, I haven't had a bad meal there yet, and I don't think I ever will. So thank you for bringing us these these great treats. And uh, everyone needs to go visit you at Southern Spices, located by the Sockburn Roundabout. Check you out on Facebook at Southern Spices, or find you on Uber Eats too. Yeah, and even you can uh, find that on, uh, you know, we do have a Google uh, page, so you, it is easy to find us. Excellent, awesome. Seven. Well, all the best for 2020, mate. Um, you've helped uh, us kick off the, the year with a um, with a full belly, so it's yes. <laughs> wonderful. Thanks Thank you, again. Seven. Thank you. So in the past year and a half, there's been one one thing that's kind of dominated the, the health world and our our entire world is the COVID nineteen pan- pandemic, and some of the things that we can talk about with with health and our our own responsibility towards our health is one thing that kind of goes left untalked about. And since that's what this show is kind of about, is how we can improve our health and increase our our life. It's uh, one thing that we should talk about is what can we do during this time to help ourselves, and not only now but also in the future. So, one of the big thing that's coming out of this is vitamin D um, status as being very helpful towards um, being either um, susceptible or not susceptible towards this COVID um, in a much greater way. And there's certain levels that have showed up to be a bit of an issue too. So there's um, numerous studies that have checked into this and, you know, they they can't say with definitive proof that um, increasing the vitamin D is going to um, increase the outcomes for people. Uh, But they have demonstrated that hypocalcemia and hypovitaminosis D um, is a real common thing with the severe COVID-19 patients. Um, and there's likely a potential link. Um, they're not going to say any definites, and uh, I would expect them not to. Um, but there are some some numbers that we can kind of take take from this and uh, learn a bit more. So with vitamin D, we've we've known for quite a few years now that the the RDI or the RDA um, recommendations are a bit um, a bit low, and they may not be quite adequate for optimal health. They may prevent um, you know some of the symptoms of um, incredible um, deficiency, but they're not going to be what keeps us at our optimum levels. And varying levels are reported out there. Um, some say 1,000 IUs a day. Um, some say 5,000 IUs a day. Um, some even say as high as uh, 10,000 a day, um, which is which is getting up there. Um, and we have to see what's right for the individual. So there is no one-size-fits-all recommendation. You need to speak with your, your healthcare provider about this in order to get a good level for you. Um, but there are, there are some things that we've known in the past that there's very few levels, very few um, cases of uh, toxicity from it. Um, in cases, if you were to you know take an entire bottle of the supplements, that, that would 
probably do it too. But if you're not trying to create it, it's not going to happen. And oftentimes with the um, tablets that they, you get from your GP, you're going to have doses as high as 50,000 or 100,000 IUs a month that you get, which should be enough to prevent deficiency and even increase your health a bit. But if you're already significantly deficient, it might not be enough to boost you up there in that one-time dosage. And there are levels, you know, that 5,000 I use is a very common recommendation um, of what to get. And that's where a lot of sources are kind of saying would be the level to go for. But the levels in um, we're, we're shooting for um, in our plasma levels are um, there's a study come out here in 2020, October 2020, so this is quite recent, that shows that the um, the threshold, that's a potential threshold for vitamin D levels um, to shoot for, um, to protect against COVID-19 and other illnesses too, in this study is 41.19 nanomoles per liter. So that's that's um, the levels to possibly look for um, to shoot. But what I would just recommend is get a talk to your healthcare provider, um, get a good re- regiment started with this um, during winter, especially if summer. If you're out in the sun a lot, you don't really need it. Um, but during winter, we can all pretty much use this um, to get our levels up to help us be a little bit more. Um, healthy in terms of fighting off whatever we get uh, exposed to. Also, it will be good for your for your bone mineral density. Um, it'll be good for your metabolism. It'll be good for your um, adrenal glands and the rest of the the secreting organs, the glandulars in your body. So these will all be benefited by having those vitamin D levels at a good level. Another thing that this epidemic has showed us is the effects of this type of stress and this type of um, forced habits on our youth. So there was another um, survey that was done of 208 adolescents, mean age of 15.3 years. Um, In this study, 57.7% were female uh, and about 93.3% of adolescents said that they were in isolation, which with a changed routine, so only 6.5% of them were not in isolation with a changed routine, or maybe they were in isolation and the routine hadn't changed, which would be a bit sad. Um, of those, 67.3% increased their food consumption, 86.5% were inactive, and 58% reported scream time over eight hours a day. Eight hours a day on their on their device. That's, that's pretty huge. So in these people... There was an association between anxiety and increased food consumption, sleeping difficulty, and conflicting family relationship. So sleeping sleep gets harder, the food is increased, and family relationships get out too. So if you're at home thinking, oh yeah, I'm like that, or oh yeah, my child's acting like that with all this going on, and family relationships are a bit difficult, it's hard to sleep, your food levels going way up, put on a bit of weight during lockdown. These are things to, to keep in mind. Um, so just the stress of this unknown is making all these habits happen. And there are plenty of things that, um, plenty of other ways that our food intake, our lifestyle intake, our thought intake has been affected by this. So um, one thing we can do right away is start to re-get that food in line if you haven't already done that. Um Get off the screen time and increase our activity. And those are three things that we can do to try and help that. But then the question becomes, with all the conflicting information out there, 
what things should I get into? What types of food should I get into? What diet should I get into doing to take this weight off? Or what types of exercise should I be doing um, to just get me back to where I want to be with my health? That's coming up straight ahead. It started way back in third grade I used to sit beside him in New Hayes A pink dress, a matching bow, and her ponytail She kissed me on a school bus but told me not to tell Next day I chased around the playground Across the monkey bars to the merry-go-round And Emmy Lou got caught passing me a note Before the teacher took it, I read what she wrote Do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? And if you do, well then don't be afraid to take me by the hand If you want to, I think this is how love goes Check yes or no Kids with stars in our eyes Ain't much changed I still chase Simmy Lou Up and down the hall Around the bed in our room Last night I took her out In a white limousine Twenty years together She still gets to me Can't believe it's been that long ago When we got started With just a little note All right, so some of those those dietary changes that we could look to make as we're starting to get back on the right track after, you know, long-term isolation got us knocked off of our perch and we're, we're now maybe, you know, 2, 3, 5, 10, 15, 20 kilos heavier than we want to be. Um, and we got to think, what are we going to do to try and change this? And you started looking into some diets and there are a lot of options out there. You've, you've heard all the new rage about some things that you haven't tried before. I mean, you, you've done some of the things in the past. You've done the, the Jenny Craig and you've done the the diet, the calorie restriction, you've done some of the other things that just haven't worked for you. 
and you're looking, well, what can I try now that are going on? And you found a few things that are becoming a hot topic, okay? So you found um, the ketogenic diet is right on the tip of the tongue, the um, intermittent fasting right there with it, and, and, and vegan diet is also a trend that's becoming um, more publicized. So these are three of the big ones out there, and um, as you know from listening to this show, I'm a proponent of the paleo diet. So there are a few studies that have come out recently that kind of talk about the um, effects of keto versus paleo or versus uh, uh, keto versus one of the other diets out there, intermittent fasting or the vegan diet, um, and these are going to have some different results from different benefits. So one that I want to look to um, and give you a little bit of awareness on is one that compared the ketogenic diet with the paleo diet on a um, multiple sclerosis trial base with um, people who have MS and how the outcomes came for them as reported by the patient. Um, so this is going to be an extreme case of what we're going on, but this can um, talk about, you know, if you change from one diet to the other, what are some things you can look to see? And in this diet that went on for 12 weeks, um, there were eight, approximately eight people in each group. Um, and in the group, a few things were noted. Um, the MCT or medium chain triglyceride based ketogenic diet achieved nutritional ketosis and it was not associated with significant clin clinical improvement in the study, whereas the modified Paleolithic diet was associated with significant clinical improvements. Larger randomized controlled trials are needed to determine the safety and efficacy of the modified Paleo and medium chain triglyceride based ketogenic diets on the MS. So the outcomes in terms of um, cognitive function, fatigue, quality of life were improved in these MS patients through the paleo diet, but they necessarily weren't improved through the keto diet. Um, but there were benefits to the blood, um, to the blood levels in um, insulin and in uh, blood sugar. So not saying that the ketogenic diet doesn't have benefits, but the quality of life and the um, the brain function and some of the other things that it was testing weren't as good as the paleo diet. So that's where paleo diet is going to um, raise you up to um, functioning a bit better. And if you want to do a paleo diet that's slanted a little bit more towards um, the ketogenic diet, that may be of some benefit. Um, but of the two, if you're having to lean one way or the other, this study shows that the function for the brain and for the fatigue and for overall outcome will be better with the paleo diet. Uh, the next up, we have uh, ketogenic diet and endurance performance um, and body composition in athletes and how that will affect them. Because um, the, the, what the ketogenic is being promoted for is weight loss and health. And um, there seems to be some pretty good good evidence out there with good cases of people who do lose quite a bit of weight and um, look a lot better and feel better um, from doing this ketogenic diet. And they start a bit high, higher up on the uh, BMI scale or body fat percentage. Um, and we're trying to see if in this test if that same principle will work for a um, athletic person who's wanting to change it over for a little bit more optimal performance. Um, and what this study has found 
um, on 23 um, athletes who aren't obese um, and who are just trying to get through the different changes to the body. Um, what I found with these individuals um, is that in normal weight individuals, including athletes, um, this can be used to optimize body mass and body composition, i.e. decrease the body fat, and it does not compromise aerobic and anaerobic performance. Um, so if they have a non-calorie restricted ketogenic diet, in these athletes, the body mass will increase slightly, and our body body mass index will improve slightly, and the um, body fat percentage will decrease slightly. So that's that's interesting. That in these people who do work out quite a bit already, if we just change that macronutrient blend, then they look like they're going to um, improve with that as well. So that's that's promising for people that just want to change that that macro micronutrient blend based off, the, off their body type. So some people will deal with this better, others won't. This is what we know, but um, it shows that in those people they won't be deleterious to their performance. So that's positive if somebody wants to try that who is an athlete and who is working out and that can just benefit them. The last group we're going to talk on the diet here is around the um, vegan diet and how that's going to compare versus an omnivorous diet um, and compared to um, outcomes for the uh, different markers that they're assessing in this in this trial. Um, and it says that the vegan group compared to the omnivorous group, um, significantly less broad spectrum um, total fats. That's saturated, non-saturated, PUFAs, long chain PUFAs, um, all of them. Um, and there were significant differences in the body fat concentrations for um, big ones were the long chain omega-3 fatty acids is where the biggest ones. And, and in these male endurance athletes who don't have these long chain omega-3 PUFAs, um, EPA, DHA, that would be something to consider um, supplementing with. And, and in the average daily person, that would be another thing that would be good to supplement with. Um, uh, one of the things you run into when um, trying to supplement this with with people who are vegan is they uh, some will be resistant to using um, the fish oil, um, so which that that will present a challenge in itself. So, um, but there is a need based off this study and based off several of those that have been found that um, there is a need for the omega three um, polyunsaturated fatty acids um, to increase that um, ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s, which we know we want it to be one-to-one. -one. The modern ratio is 16 to 1 in the average person, and, and this study shows that the, the levels are even less for vegans, so they're probably even higher than that 16 to 1, which is not, which is not helpful. Um, there have been some studies and some of the um, Nutrigenomics work, which is studying your DNA and the effect of nutrition on your DNA, that shows that um, more of the inflammatory fats that you have in your diet compared to the anti-inflammatory, so if your omega-6 to omega-3 ratio is worse, you're going to add the weight on if you're susceptible to those genes. So um, you know, if you're, if you're um, struggling with keeping your weight off um, and you struggle losing weight uh, and you don't really have that good um, anti-inflammatory oils in the body, the omega-3s, um, that could be part of what's, uh, what's contributing to that because it activates certain genes that just don't want to let you take weight off. Um, so that's something to consider in changing with your routine as if these uh, studies have helped you to want to do that. So we know we have to look into that dietary changes, and we've looked through a couple of the, the, the different changes that we can make, i.e. Um, paleo or keto or vegan or 
uh, any other intermittent fasting even, which intermittent fasting showed um, with it that there are issues with um, complex reflexes based off a couple of the, the studies that have come out where it, the initial reflexes during the exercise are fine, but as the wind down afterwards, our reaction time decreases as we're going through those longer periods of intermittent fasting. Um, that That's one that's not too... Um, too new, we know that you don't want to be doing really hard exercising um, with intermittent fasting and fasting. Um, it can have some deleterious effects. So um, with the intermittent fasting, be reasonable and rational with your exercise routine. Um, and that can be added in with, with other things with a bit of bit of caution. But yeah, talk to your healthcare provider about those things. So now we get into what can we do with extra foods that we can add into our diet that can give us a bit of extra benefit in some ways. Um, and that be whether that be the stress of what's going on in the world right now or with our health and getting our getting our foods back on the right track and getting our bodies going the right way. And so there are a couple things out there that we've talked about on here before um, that have a few new ways that we like to think about them and how they're affecting us. Um, so um, one, of the, one of the key things that um, shows to help benefit after you've had your exercise and you're um, getting back into the routine, but you're just feeling really sore, really average, and you're questioning your life choices when you're that sore. And you just got to kind of get into some of these supplements that might be able to help benefit your ability to heal and make you um, feel like you're you're not gonna you're gonna keel over because of that that, that long run in the DOMS that have followed. So beetroot juice. Um, has been shown to accelerate the recovery following, um, in this particular study, it was simulated match play in soccer players. Um, so what they found was the, the study suggests that chronic beetroot juice supplementation reduces post-exercise perceived muscle soreness and maintain better performance during the recovery period in soccer players. So um, you have less pain and you will perform better is what this study shows, uh, which is which is positive because if you're wanting to get back out there and exercise, if you're so sore that you can't do anything, it's going to kind of be self-limiting pretty badly um, where you can just keep pushing through. And it, you may not have less of the effects of the exercise, but you don't have it limit you the same way, which is really positive. Um, and one of the other things that we've talked about here many times was beetroot for um, the uh, cardiovascular system and how we can use that to recover. And uh, what this other study here showed was that beetroot extract acutely improved cardiovascular and autonomic recovery after exercise. So what autonomic recovery is, is that's your autonomic nervous system. That's your sympathetic versus your parasympathetic. And you've heard me talk about this a lot because that's a, that's a thing that chiropractic works on a lot is calming down that nervous system. So in our modern day, we're oftentimes overstimulated. Our sympathetic nervous system runs wild. And that goes between, that comes from between T12 and T1 in our, in our body. And which, are the, which is the spinal cord in that area. So what how chiropractic usually adjusts is through chiropractic adjustments to settle down the stimulation on the nerve. Um, we can also recommend different uh, supplements and different foods that can help to ease us a bit or herbal um, supplements. Um, and that's one way. But with this beetroot, um, it shows that um, it has actually um, had a change in 62% in the heart rate's baseline resting levels, um, which is pretty pretty huge. Um, 
and it also affects the intensifies the return of the vagal heart rate control during recovery and after exercise. So that's your brain's picking up on it in the parasympathetic pathway, picking up on your heart rate and helps to calm it and and make you not have such a big response. So um, that beetroot seems to be always improving and showing it, uh, that it's going to affect us in different ways. Um, and the mechanisms for this seem to be the, the nitrogen um, and nitrous oxide pathways that it has an effect on. So um, if you haven't already looked into doing beetroot extract or beetroot supplementation or ec eating extra beetroot in your diet, that is something that could be of great benefit um, to you with, with your getting back into exercise or inc increasing and improving your exercise that you're already doing. Uh, the next thing we're talking about is another one that's going to be in a performance improver. And if you listen to a show here about about a year ago, maybe even a year and a half ago, we had on um, someone talking about black currant for performance. And that was the, the really good results were coming out at that time around black currant improving the performance and increasing the the veins to or arteries to the leg by um, 30%, I think they said, was the increased flow in the um, blood flow to the legs, which was quite good for performance. And now there's a study coming out that's been uh, recent in 20, 2020 um, around tart cherry juice concentrate um, and improved muscle function and has re reduced muscle damage, reduced oxidative stress and inflammation, and muscle soreness in athletes. Conclusion of this study is that the tart cherry concentrate has a significant benefit for endurance exercise athletes. Um, so tart cherry juice in its powdered form, it can be taken as a capsule or um, mixed in with, with fluid, ingested for seven days, one and a half hours before exercise performance, significantly improved multiple um, factors um, in uh, exercise for, the, for these individuals. Um, so... You know, if you're doing the endurance thing and you're always looking for a little bit extra help to get yourself to where you are, if you're doing, if you're an ultra marathoner, um, this is another one of those things that might um, be of benefit to you. And talk with your healthcare provider about that and see just what um, what benefits this would provide for you. The last food we want to talk about that can can benefit us during this time um, is uh, is one that you may already know, um, and you don't know why it helps you so much, but you know it helps you. Um, it's one of the most popular foods out there, and if you don't get it, then um, you can be a bit ravenous, and you can be a bit um, hangry would be another way to say it. Um, anyone want to guess as to what food that is? I'll pause for you to guess and have your conversation amongst yourself in the car. You're right, you guessed it. That food is chocolate. But is it any chocolate? That's the question. Um, so there's there's going to be a bit of debate as to what chocolate is your favorite. I'll, I'll, I'll um, test to that. But uh, um, what type of chocolate is it that helps you the most? Um, and that is either dark chocolate or milk chocolate. And um, which one do you think that is? You're right. Dark chocolate is the one that um, has a significant effect on um, stabilizing your systolic blood pressure, um, which it increased it slightly. But what it did in the long term is it buffered the reactivity of your diastolic blood pressure, your heart rate, and your mean arterial pressure uh, during mental stress, which this did not happen after the milk chocolate. Um, so there's many 
reasons why this could happen, but you already kind of knew within yourself that this happened because what is that food that I'd say at least 50 to 75% of people like to go for when they're having a bit of that stress? The chocolate is the first thing you go to and you have some and you can see the look in the people's eyes diminish when they get a bit of that. Um, so there's going to be something in that that can help you. And if you get, you know, the you're getting towards the 85, 90 or 100% dark chocolate, you're going to have more of those phytonutrients in it that are going to be doing that for you and, and calming you. But we have to figure out, you know, we figured out what it can do in times of that stress, which we've been having significantly in the past 18 months. And you might be having a lot more chocolate than you used to have, which might be part of why those uh, those extra um, dietary things may need to be changed because you might have put on weight because you were going for the milk chocolate, which had only a tiny impact, where this can affect your heart rate, your blood pressure, your mean arterial blood pressure, um, quite significantly. Um, so that is a that is a massive, massive thing we can change just by having a food and and what type of food. This is where specificity is important. Um, the ingredients, the components that are sugar versus whole chocolate. These are all parts that you need to look into account with, um, because if it's the if it's sugar, that's 30% of the bar. That's only going to be 70% at most that can be the dark chocolate derivatives if, unless they have other excipients or you know oils in there that are made to make everything blend, then it'll be even less. But when you have a, a 90 or 100% dark chocolate bar, that's going to be 100% the things that have this response in it. Where this is done with an 85% dark chocolate is what this study is. So um, you can't say it for sure, but if you go up to you know, a 95 or 100% dark where there's none of the sugar, the effect should be even bigger and you'll need even less of it, which seems to be the path when you have these chocolates. If you have 70, you can eat more than if you have 85. If you have 90, you can have less than if you had 85. And if you have 100, you have much less than if you have 95. So that's just the, the way the body goes. And based off this, it can calm our body's reaction to the stress based off those phytonutrients. So um, next time somebody tells you that that chocolate isn't good for you, you can actually say, well, dark chocolate in moderation is actually quite good for your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and for your heart. So what does all this information come to mean at the end of, of getting this all? We digested quite a few things here. You've heard about what type of macronutrients to have, uh, what dietary trends are the best best benefit uh, based off what's showing up, um, what types of supplements can help with my exercise to make me not get as run down, um, and what other things can just kind of help me out and be happier, enjoy things better, react to stress better. So some of the things that, that we should take a note from this is there is no one size fit all. Um, everybody will respond differently to different things. Um, if you want to do the ketogenic diet, um, some of the results that there seem to be in some of the studies, it seems to be quite good for weight loss. If that's not your main goal, it can be beneficial even towards um, maintaining a healthy body mass and um, BMI um, and body fat percentage and even making it healthier than it would be without it um, in people who are athletes without harming that exercise and that activity. So you won't hurt your performance based off doing it is what this one study indicates. Um, none of these things are complete, completely conclusive. So once again, talk with your trainers, talk with your, your medical people and just kind of run this by. But there are some positive um, things there. If you are doing a, a vegan diet, 
if you're willing to supplement with some different fatty acids, that would be a very beneficial thing for you to do, especially the PUFAs, um, which are polyunsaturated fatty acids found in things like fish oil, where uh, the uh, ones found in flax and some of the other um, oils that are the alternatives don't quite have those, those polyunsaturated omega-3s. So you're not going to get quite the same benefits um, in that regards, which which we found with some of the, the DNA saying that if we have those anti-inflammatory versus inflammatory fats in balance, our genes are going to respond a lot better than if we don't, um, which will cause some issues. So those are some of the, the trends with those, those, main, those main diets. Um, and when we get into exercise and performance, and you can see the things that are going to increase performance. If you do them short-term instead of for long-term, they can have better benefits. But when you're trying to increase performance and do it day in, day out, there is a natural wall that you're going to hit. So taking the beetroots, taking the um, tart cherry and things in every day thinking it's going to benefit you, um, it will eventually, your body will adapt to that and have that be the new norm. But if you Go and you eat healthy, exercise right, do the things you should be doing, and then if you have a particularly big workout, you supplement with the beetroots for a few days to get the body back in the correct oxidative state. That would be the best way to to go about doing that. But once again, contact your medical provider to to really um, assess those bits and really help you with that. Uh, but beetroot seems to be beneficial if we do have extra cardiovascular stress going on. So that's very beneficial, beneficial, as well as chocolate. So find a way to create a chocolate beetroot dessert or that chocolate beetroot paleo raw cake that you're considering having. Uh, that might have some beneficial effects for your heart. Um, don't have the entire cake and don't have it every single day. Um, but those combinations of things are going to be beneficial. And if we bring that back to the uh, initial study that we talked about where um, the study was around MS patients and the um, quality of life and the assessment of symptoms and um, blood sugars and all those different studies and where they were assessing the ketogenic diet versus the paleo diet versus the control. And the one that had the better outcomes of the three groups wasn't the one they were expecting. It was actually the paleo diet. It had better quality of life, better um, control of the symptoms they were measuring, better clarity of thought, um, was all increased with the paleo diet, but not with control or the keto. So keto may change some of those other effects, but if we do it incorrectly, it won't have the effect of benefiting our life quite the same way as the paleo diet. And even, even doing it effectively um, in a whole foods way, it might not be as good as the paleo. This diet suggests that it wouldn't be. I haven't uh, done a study to assess that myself. Um, so we know that the paleo diet in, in these people with MS, and, and I see it every day in practice around how this can change people's quality of life and the way they think and the way they process things. Um, and that's massive. So th these are all ways to do it. So when you're having these different things, don't get just, you know, the, the Mars bar, or the Snickers bar, and thinking that that's chocolate. That's, that's not what the study's talking about. That's talking about, you know, you get the, the lint 100% dark chocolate or the lint 85% dark chocolate or at least 85, nothing less than 85. And read the ingredients, pick a good choice based off the information we've shared with this, this, through this show with you over the past eight years. Keep applying all that information towards this that's coming out um, and that will build an even better picture of what you should be doing. 
This is Dr. Carl on behalf of Cuz, who's away this week, thanking you for listening in this week, and we will see you next month.
o'clock, four, five o'clock, we know where that's gonna go. Closing the door, shutting them down, head for that Wobble House way across town. Good time. Oh, we're having a good time. Well, I've been working all week and I'm tired and I don't wanna sleep and I wanna have fun. It's time for a good time. Well, I've been working all week and I'm tired and I don't wanna sleep and I wanna have fun. It's time for a good time. Oh, I've been working all week and I'm tired and I don't wanna sleep and I wanna have fun. It's time for a good time. Oh, yeah, a good time. I need a good time. You can find our podcast on Facebook at Dr. Carl Bamlet, the Modern Caveman, on the Plains FM website and iTunes, and you can get the live stream from plainsfm.org.nz or the TuneIn app. On behalf of Carl Waratini, I'm Dr. Carl Bamlet, chiropractor at the Alpha Omega Clinic, reminding you that you can't change from within on the outside looking in. Thank you for listening to Dr. Carl Bamlet, the Modern Caveman. For more healthy lifestyle tips, Find Dr. Carl on drcarlbamlet.com and like him on Facebook. I'm Pascal Batrick, signing off for Dr. Carl Bamlet, the modern caveman.